This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to a new edition of the Cards Cast. It's been about 24 hours since Louisville got, well, thumped up in Syracuse, 31-7. to didn't seem like they were really ever in it, to put it kind of nicely. Let's talk about it. I'm Cardinal Authority Senior Writer Michael McCammon, joined by publisher Jody Demley. Jody, you were in the building. You were doing radio for the, the Louisville football uh, broadcast team, uh, joining Paul Rogers in the studio. So you had a, a great vi- uh, view of what was going on. But I don't know if what you saw in person was any better than what I saw coming through on my television. Just an ugly night. And really, you know, for a program that seemed to have built a lot of excitement coming into the season, Boy, that just—it's it, it, all gone in the in the blink of an eye, so to speak. Yeah, and that's what—that's what I was gonna say. Like, I—I I got to see it, but unfortunately, I got to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was. Um, I mean, look, there's just no way to explain it other than it was just gross from the beginning. Like I said uh, on one of the threads, I'm, I'm one of the many threads that are on the board, but um, um, it started out great because the one thing that we talked about in the preseason. That you know, hey, it's the it's the it's the weak link or it's the question mark, and that, and that was the special teams. And what have we been mo- you know bemoaning for years is like, why can't Louisville put a ball in the end zone on a kickoff? Yeah. And what does Brock Travelstead do? But he boots it almost through the back of the end zone on the uh, on the first uh, on the first uh, kickoff. And I'm thinking, whoa, okay, special teams are better. Maybe they're going to be a little better than we think, and uh, and it's all good, you know. Uh, and then the defense came out, and then Chandler Jones gave up a, too much of a cushion on the second play, and it was 11-yard gain, and it just went kind of downhill from there. I, I, but I'll say this, Michael. Like, that's that's what's even maybe kind of the, the – you know, you and I have talked a little bit this morning and, and uh, or this afternoon, I guess, and, and that's the, the disappointing thing to me is that Louisville had so many chances to stay in this game, so yeah. many chances to do – whatever they really want it to do. And they just, for whatever reason, um, they didn't run the right plays. And when they did run the right plays, they ran, the guys ran the wrong, they, they ran the wrong way or they did the wrong thing. And then on defense and, you know, the missed tackles and just being, um, you know, just not being ready. And it's just, it's, it's just very disappointing all around. Yeah. You know, really since spring, over the summer, and then certainly in the fall camp as they were preparing for Syracuse in the opener, you know, there was a, a lot of growing expectation. I mean, it was just, you know, I don't think it's even been two weeks yet, you know, since we heard, you know, defensive coordinator Brian Brown talk about how confident he was in the group, that he was more confident about this defensive squad than than he has, you know, since he's been to Louisville, felt the players on defense felt the same way. Um, we heard a lot about, you know, fixing some of the mistakes that we saw the last few years because of the increased depth and, you know, what they did in the transfer portal and, you know, all the signs heading into the season looked right. You know, they were saying the right things. Uh, So when they came out in that first series and we saw what the defense really didn't do, 
it was kind of like, uh oh, here we go. What happened to, you know, being a little bit more aggressive? What happened to, you know, as you mentioned, Chandler Jones giving too much of a cushion. What happened to not giving that much of a cushion? Um, just a lot of things early on that let you scratch in your head. It's like, what have we been, you know, hearing from spring and then into the fall camp and just not seeing it come to fruition? And, you know, it, obviously calling it very disappointing, I think, is an understatement. And then you, you know, and then the offense comes on the field and, you know, it, you really don't see much difference there. And in fact, at times, really, it kind of seemed like they went backwards a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't, um, I, I don't know what, well, let's, let's stick, let's stick with defense here for a sure. minute. I don't know. I don't know what with the defense. Um, I, I don't know what um, they were trying to do early on. Um, I, I know what I thought they were going to do when we heard about the versatility and, and moving guys around and changing different things and all that. And, and I thought that's probably what we would see. We, but we, we, and we did a little bit, but you know, early on, if you noticed, you know, uh, Trey Clark comes out in as, as kind of the nickel guy or the card position in, in the base defense. And, uh, you know, I, you kind of wonder is Trey Clark physical enough to play that? You know, I mean, I mean, you look at and, and, and again, the the defense hasn't been great and since since they got here. But but if you look at the guys that have played that position in being Rajay Burns and 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 Jack Fago, those two those two guys were athletic and and they were they were physical guys. Um, I look at Trey Clark as an athletic guy and and can be a hitter. You know, but he, but he's not a big guy. You know, what I mean, you, you you look at Trey and and I mean that's to me he is all of. And I'm trying to see what 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 they really list him at five ten one eighty, and 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 to me that's not the guy that I really want in that card position. But I was like, okay, it's it, if they're going to move guys around and and you play him some there and you play him some there, I I'll, I want to see it. I want to see if it you know what they that they're going to do and how it's going to work and. And it didn't work. And and after about you know two series, he was back at the corner spot, and Ben Perry was in there uh, at the at the card position. Heck, one time we saw Chandler Jones at the safety. So they were moving guys around and trying to get things going. It just didn't happen. It just didn't work. And uh, and I almost think after going back and watching the entire game again, Michael, I almost think they kind of tried. They tried to get too cute. They tried to get too smart and try to do too many things in the secondary with moving guys around instead of just playing guys where they they might be. And, and again, no excuses. It was terrible performance. It was it was you know uh, coaching playing uh, probably even uh, uh, you know Paul and I in the booth. We, we were you know it was just a bad night all around. Um, uh, uh, but Nicario Harper not being out there did, and then that was a late thing because he was from what I understand. And we'll ask Scott Satterfield on Tuesday. Um, but from what I understand, I didn't even realize it until late in the game, and uh, and quite honestly, forgot to ask anybody after the game because there were so much thing, so many things going on. But he was he got hurt in practice, a little bit of a knee injury in practice, and and was and was maybe like a game time decision. I, I do think that is a guy who they were counting on to be out there uh, and counting on to do a lot. I don't know that I saw MJ Griffin out there. Um, I think he's listed in the participation chart, so I, I don't know how much he played, Michael. But but that's the other thing is, you know, they, they were trying to get a little too cute, I think, and 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 probably trying to move guys around too much. 
Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's a good point. And, you know, I kind of want to back up when I, when I was talking about how they were kind of building up their expectations on about this defense, you know, as the season was was nearing. And I don't want to make it seem like, you know, everybody's expecting a top 10 defense or anything like that. But I think just a nice step forward in progression uh, was expected, obviously, with when the, the additions that they made and things like that, as well as what they had coming back, you would think that it would look a little better. And again, like I wrote on, on the message board, this is just one game, uh, but one game does not make a season, but it certainly leaves you really, really concerned about what we're going to see in game two, game three, how this team will respond. Um, you know, what kind of changes can we anticipate defensively uh, as well as offensively? We'll get to that in, in a minute, but, but certainly I did not expect, especially when we heard about how, this was the most physical fall camp that Louisville's had during in this tenure, and, and that was because of the importance of starting off with an ACC game. You, you needed to come out and play big, and then you saw so many arm tackles. Guys, even when they're in position, Jody, guys just not wrapping up. They were just trying well, to – and, and, Michael, it wasn't just any guys. That's that's the – that's the to me, the, the point that, that just makes me upset at, at the play – at the at the guys because it was Monty Montgomery, it was Yasir, it was Yaya, it was it was Asha, it was it was the main guys. Like it was it was Josh Minkins. Remember the one on the Josh Minkins one? Um, I mean, he goes low like he's supposed to on Sean Tucker and just kind of whiffs on him. And it's just like, guys, you've got to you've got to tackle and wrap up. And you know, Preston Brown kept saying it on our on our broadcast. He kept saying, you know. They're they're running to the ball carrier or to the guy instead of running through it. And you know, you and I talked about that. And yep. that, that's that's kind of a lost art. And not just at Louisville, but definitely at Louisville since the Charlie Strong uh era ended, is is we just haven't had a really good we haven't had a team that just wanted to come out and tackle guys through the ground. And you know what I mean? Like you remember those days with Charlie, we just haven't seen that in um, and, and that's to me that was the, the thing that really really upset me is the fact that it was the it was the guys that you know are knowing they know how to tackle they know what to do they're doing it kind of thing yeah and Jody um, you were probably like me and like many that were when we were watching that game on Saturday night it was it was head scratching it was kind of you know to be honest with you I was in disbelief you know I expected it to to be a much better defense. Um, again, not one of the – they don't have to be the best in the ACC or, you know, top 20, top 30, whatever, but a defense that you could get excited because you saw the direction that it was going. Um, and and it, through game one, it just felt like, okay, those were the problems that we saw last year and the year before and the year before that, even though they've bulked up their defense, even though they've got more experienced guys, same problems, uh, you know, continued. So I'm looking forward to you – know, well, I don't know if looking forward is the right word, but <laughs> – how this team does respond in game two on Friday night in central Florida, obviously a very short turnaround going to be hopping on a plane on Thursday to get down there. So they got little time to work on this, uh, but they, you know, you, you need to see some urgency. You need to see guys making tackles, not, you know, having an opportunity to have a, you know, to make a, a, a tackle for a loss, but instead it ends up going for 20, 30, 40 yards uh, down the field. I mean, these guys got to have some urgency and say, you know, this is it. This is our time. If we can't start doing it now, this season could go really south really quickly. And that's my biggest concern is after game one, a game that so many people, you know, like I, like I wrote on, on, the, on the site after the game, you know, Syracuse did to Louisville what Louisville was expected by most to do to Syracuse. 
you know, and that I think was the big shocker for a program that's dominated Syracuse in recent years. Um, And sure, I do expect Syracuse to be a little bit better. They made some nice coaching changes, but that doesn't excuse, you know, the, the arm tackling and, you know, and yeah, just many different mistakes we saw. That's the thing we've talked about, you know, today is like, I envisioned that game to go a number of ways. Like there was a lot of ways that I envisioned it to go. Not once did I ever think Louisville was going to get physically, totally, absolutely uh, dominated in all facets of the game. I I just, I just did not, that just did not cross my mind because I do think this team has some talent on it. And I do think the pieces that they have added help this team. You look at Tyon Evans and, 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 and T Huddy, Tyler Hudson. I mean, those dudes are, those dudes are big time. I mean, and you saw that last night, you know, uh, uh, Evans uh, uh, with almost 100 yards in that long touchdown run, and then T. Huddy with nine catches for uh, eight catches for 102 yards. He was targeted nine times and caught eight. So you you've added two big time pieces to the mix, and and Michael, that's the thing where you're right. It's scary because this is a team that's got a lot of new faces on it. This is a team that's got some. I, like I said, they're a veteran team, but there's some guys that haven't played a lot that are in different that are in key positions now, um, and and I just worry about the mental state after, you know, week one short turnaround. And if something happens in week two, what does it do to short turn? You know, a Friday night game on on week three, and then it just spirals out of control. And that's what you've got to protect against, in in, in my opinion, if you're if you're the the, the coaching staff. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, with the offense, look, I'm just I, – I, I know the play calling wasn't great. There were some times it didn't get in there on time. There's some other things. Uh, but that was the worst game Malik Cunningham has played in his career. And, and I don't put it all on Malik Cunningham, but my goodness. Like, it was almost like he was like, you know what? The NFL guys told me I need to throw the ball for, to show them what I can do. And I'm not going to run it because he just was looked like he was kind of hesitant early in that game. And I hate that. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's really where the mental comes in. And, you know, that's one thing you could say that one of the things I think they've truly tried to help Malik with over the years is, you know, when things get tight, when, when it's, you know, it's nitty gritty time, keep, keep composed. And I think that's one thing that he is, he has struggled with. Um, and I think that kind of popped out yesterday. Um you had mentioned on the site uh, in your in some of your post game comments, um, and plus we just discussed it earlier. Um, when when you look at the the stats, I mean, you mentioned Tyler Hudson with eight catches for 102 yards. Okay, then who else got an opportunity? 
Amari Huggins-Bruce had a great catch, great run, but only two catches. Marshawn Ford, the team's leading receiver of the last year, one of the, the best receiving tight ends in program history, two catches, 12 yards. I mean, that's – Dee yeah. Wiggins, your guy from Florida, got one catch for three yards. You know, Braden Smith didn't even get a catch. I mean, those are issues. Yeah. You know, I mean, they got to get – you know, those guys are supposed to get involved. They're supposed to be distributing the ball better, looking at all – you know, you've got multiple strengths on this offense – utilize it and it just seemed like okay i like what tyler's doing so i'm going to go to tyler and then if tyler's not there i want to put my head down and take off running and you know and i was yeah. really disappointed in that i was looking forward to seeing okay what can malik do when he's running out of that pocket keeping his eyes up i mean that's one of the things that we heard that they were working on uh throughout spring mm -hmm. off season and into fall camp and it potentially see a big play because when he rolls out of the pocket he clearly draws the attention of the defenders and that could potentially open up some people but it didn't seem like he was looking for that opportunity once maybe his first target wasn't available. Yeah, it's weird, Michael, because I I literally like looked down and said we were having trouble with the stat monitor. It was it was not yeah, working. That, that um, made the, the, the game even more enjoyable. <laughs> and I looked I looked down towards the end of the game and and Malik was fifteen of twenty one. And I was and I said that and I think Paul was like, Are you looking at last year's stat? Like I was like you know, he looked at me like I had three heads. I was like, no, he's, and he ends up 16 of 22. Well, that's the crazy thing is, and I, I, I said this right after going back and watching it, the play I was thinking that was a Marshawn Ford target was actually uh, the one to Braden Smith. They were both in the same area, but it was actually credited to Braden. So Huggins, Bruce, Tyon Evans, and Marshawn Ford, two catches, but they were only targeted twice. You know, yeah. Jamar Jordan targeted once and got the catch. Isaac Martin once and got the catch. D. Wiggins is the only one – well, the Tyler Hudson eight for on nine targets, and Braden Smith oh on uh, no catches for on that one target, which was a tough catch and not a, a bad play by by Malik to be quite honest. Um, but Wiggins is the only guy that had uh, that that had more uh, that had one catch and three targets, so he missed on a couple of those on uh, you know to Wiggins. One of them being the interception, and the other one just being the total overthrow when Malik was running and, and just got out of the way and just threw it and lofted it out of bounds yeah. uh, and, and, and that, but, but you're right. That's my, that's the, the thing is, I mean, you've got a lot of guys that didn't, and, and I, look, I expected Tyler Hudson throughout the year. I think he's going to be a thousand yard receiver. And I think he's a guy that's going to have, you know, 40, 35, 40% of their 30, 30% 30 of their, of their catches. Okay. He's going to be the main guy. He and Malik worked at six in the morning and they did all this other stuff in the, in the off season. Not, and, and he's, and, and Malik is very comfortable with him. He's going to be that kind of guy. Okay. But you've got to have other guys step up. Amari's got to, there was a couple plays um, where he ended up going to Hudson where the first he wasn't the first outlet, you know, and Amari's got to run himself open, or Marshawn's got to get open. Those guys have got to help out. And uh, uh, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was Malik had good percentage. I was just I'm, I was really shocked that uh, that it was what it was. Yeah, you know, and like you said, you know, I don't want to throw all of this on, on Malik's shoulders. I mean, one of the you know some of the play calling didn't do Malik many favors. I mean, I think it's 11 first down opportunities in the first half and. Eight of them were runs. You know, so you can't be that predictable. I mean, even the ACC network post game was talking about how predictable the Louisville offense was. And you certainly got to mix that up. And then the ones, especially when it's second 10 or second long, 
um, the, the multiple opportunities they had there. And then how many times did they, you know, decide to hand off in that position as well. Um, and if we know it, Syracuse is going to know it. And then obviously if you can only get one or two yards on second and long, well, then they know you're going to throw the ball and they pin their ears back and they're coming after Malik. So it's not all on his shoulders. There was some play calling that certainly put him in some tough spots as well. Um, and, you know, he, he put himself in some tough spots as well. You know, you know, he told I mean, he said he was disappointed in himself after the game. And I think rightfully so. Uh, so how this team responds, how they react um, and what they will look like on Friday night in Orlando is a massive question mark for this program, not just for game two, but for the 2022 season. Yeah. And I, I, I do think it's um, look, it's tough. It's a tough turnaround. And, and there's no question about it. The ACC um, really hosed Louisville on this on this schedule. I would have said that if Louisville would have won by 31 last night, or if they'd have lost by 50, um, it did. It didn't matter what happened last night. This was uh, this is a tough thing, and, and this is this was not good for uh, for Louisville. But you got to play the schedule you've got, and and you know what? They got a Friday night game. They're going to leave Thursday. The, the plane landed last night at about uh, like 2.45 maybe-ish, close to, you know, I, I don't think the guys got back to the to the dorms until, all, you know, after 3 o'clock in the morning, okay? Today is a recovery day. Monday is usually not a whole lot, but you got to do something on Monday. You got to get, you know, and then when we leave again at 1 o'clock on Thursday. So it's not a whole lot of time of being around and being here. Um, and, and, and so they got to get prepared. That's that's part of college football. That's just part of being yeah. in in, the, in this situation, and you got And you got to deal with it. Um, it not it, to me losing like they did last night. It might be good that they're getting back on the field a little earlier, a little sooner, because they don't have enough time to. You don't have enough time to sulk and feel sorry for yourself. You got to go right back to work and 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 get after it. So um, yeah. look, this was a this was a team. I I mean, from everybody, and I'm not just talking about you know, coaches and people, but like people that have been around and, you know, like I said, Preston Brown's a, a great example. Preston is a former player, didn't have a whole lot of, uh, you know, contact, doesn't have a whole lot of contact with this staff. He knows Pete Nocta and, you know, Chris Morgan and a couple of the, of the ladies around the office who are still there, but, but doesn't have a ton of contact. But, you know, we were talking yesterday before the game when we were having lunch and he said, he was like, look, I'm, I'm excited because I know, like, I can see these guys, you know, they really are focused. They seem like they really like the staff. They seem really focused. And then they come out and they look totally unfocused and they look totally just dis discouraging and, and disoriented almost. I was like, what are we doing out there? So that to me, um, that that's more than anything why, like I said in the, in the post I made, I'm giving them another chance. I'm going to give them another chance. Now, I, I don't expect them to come out Friday night and get a win now. Uh, I think I'm going to obviously going to change my, uh, my prediction on that, but, but I, I hope that they can come out and, and, and give a better showing Michael. And that's what they need to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in our season projections, I had Louisville, you know, losing a close one to central Florida in game two, had the Cardinals going seven and five on the season. Uh, but in that prediction, I considered Syracuse pretty much a must win for this team to, if, if they want to consider, you know, the chances of having, you know, a winning record at the end of the regular season, you know, can they still get the seven wins? Obviously they could still do that. I think that that road just got a little bit harder 
Um, and, and so, you know, and like you were saying, what, what, what Preston was saying about how they, you know, seem to feel about themselves. I mean, this was a group that they, you, they, I mean, they were, they were kind of sticking their chest out, feeling really good about themselves. Pretty confident group. Every time we spoke to them, whether it be, you know, on zoom after practice or in person, whatever the case may be. Um, and the opportunities when we did get to see them, you know, practice, which was, 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 uh, limited, but they seemed like a confident bunch. They seemed like they knew what they were doing, excited about, you know, potential changes to the to the schemes a little bit here and there and the additions and what this team could do and grow upon, you know, last year's six and seven finish. And, you know, once they kicked it off, it just wasn't there. And, you know, I don't know if it's because Syracuse came out so quickly and just shocked the defense and, you know, and all of a sudden they're, they're like deer stuck in the headlights or what the case may be. Um, but, Certainly an extremely disappointing uh, performance that, you know, has has gotten a fan base that was starting to feel good. I mean, Joe, there were there was talk. Imagine what Cardinal Stadium's going to be like if Louisville comes home for that Florida State game on September 16th, I guess it is. And they're two and oh, and without a doubt, if that would have been the case, I think you would have had a pretty impressive crowd. One of the best crowds we've had uh, in the last couple of years at Cardinal Stadium now. What's it going to be like if they come if they go down to Central Florida and and drop another one? I don't, even if it even if they look good doing it, you know, you're coming back for zero and two to to start your season is not the way you want to open your home schedule. And you know, this is a, a fan base that's been clamoring for something good, whether it be football, basketball, whatever. And it seemed like there might have been something there starting this season, and then just it's it's pulled out under me. You know, it's kind of, you know, kind of got hoodwinked, you know. Mm-hmm kind of got fooled you believed you know some of the the talk that was coming out of camp and like you I'm not you can't give up on them after just one game um you know so I hope somehow they're you know that it was a wake-up call whatever the case may be and and they find a way to turn things around and 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 if you look back at the last couple seasons I mean that's kind of how this program has gone it's like you watch one game it's like what the heck are they doing and then they turn around the next week and, and they get a win you know so you know, which turns into 500 seasons at best. I mean, it's not something you like, but can this team bounce back? Um, can they put this behind them quickly and compete down at Central Florida in a way that we expected to see on Saturday night in the opener? I don't know. I'm hopeful there's veterans there. Obviously, you have uh, Malik Cunningham, you know, four-year starter now at quarterback. You've got veteran offensive line. You've got veterans all over the roster on both sides of the ball. They should have the maturity the no and the drive to be able to let's flip this script. Let's do what we thought we were going to do and start doing that on Friday night, whether that's going to happen. I'm not sure I've got the faith that it's that we will see it, but that's, what's got to happen. Yes, it does. And we got, we have a short week. We'll keep you posted on everything that's happened. And Scott Satterfield meet with the media on Tuesday. We'll have, we'll be there and have uh, uh, all the reports from that. We'll be able to. Uh, we'll be at practice after. Uh, we'll be at reports from after practice on Tuesday night as well, and then Friday night from Orlando. Uh, and we'll do. A, we'll be do a, a pregame podcast down there uh, from down there on Friday as well. For Michael McCammon, I'm Jody Dimling. This has been a ugh, just a disappointing edition of the Cards Cast. It was a good Cards Cast, but disappointing <laughs> subject edition of the Cards Cast. We'll see you soon.